Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thanks for joining us as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. I did. My Cowboys won, so I'm happy about that. We're ready to go uh, with another week of the government shutdown underway, and uh, each day that uh, has more and more implications. We'll be talking about that. Trade talks uh, getting underway this week with China. A lot of attention being paid to that. We'll talk about that a little bit later But Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Always a lot of attention, of course, on the weather. More wet weather has been uh, moving across parts of the Midwest. We'll talk about that uh, with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And uh, just an update on the news a little bit later with Sarah Wyant with AgriPulse Communications. Of course, a lot of focus, as I mentioned, on the trade talks with China getting underway in Beijing. And um, a lot of hopes riding on these talks and if they can make some big progress this week this could lead to an even higher level meeting in Washington next week and uh, that's the hope anyway Uh, these talks could determine uh, really where this goes this year and uh, wow the U.S. delegation as we mentioned on Friday will certainly uh, have an ag representation USDA Undersecretary Ted McKinney and U.S. Trade Representatives Chief Ag Negotiator Greg Dowd uh, in that uh, team, part of the team in Beijing this week. So that uh, speaks well for agriculture, that uh, ag is going to be a big part of these talks, and to have both uh, Undersecretary McKinney and Ambassador Dowd as part of that group, uh, I think bodes well and shows that agriculture will be uh, you know front and center in those talks so we'll be watching that throughout the week looking for any kind of a sign every kind of signal that may come out of that every word that's spoken by anyone uh, after the meetings or during the meetings will be uh, analyzed and uh, broken down and people are trying to read between the headlines and everything else but uh, that's going to be a big focus this week we're very happy to start the week off with uh, a conversation with our good friend senator Charles Grassley from Iowa. Senator, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. You know, I always enjoy talking to you, and I'm kind of surprised the number of farmers that listen to your program because uh, a lot of farmers tell me they like hearing me on your program. Well, we always like to hear you on there. They tell me that, too, and uh, we appreciate it. All right. I want to get your thoughts on the announcement uh, last week that – uh, Pat Roberts is uh, retiring, or will fill out. Will you know go ahead and serve out his term, but will not run for re-election. I know you've had many dealings with him over the years. Your thoughts on Senator Roberts? Almost every relationship I've had with uh, Pat Roberts, both on agricultural issues as well as non-agricultural issues, has always been a pleasant experience, and. Uh, He's a good friend of American agriculture, probably the loudest voice to the President of the United States and even to the Republican caucus of the Senate on the importance of agriculture, the problems of agriculture, and the need from time to time to do this or that. For instance, on trade. Uh, we, we've got we've got to reach an agreement on trade. You know, now I'm talking over a period of a couple years now, 
that uh, various meetings I've been at, uh, how important it is to reach agreement on trades or to calm the fear that farmers have about trade. Or maybe when it came to this uh, farm bill, over a period of a year, he'd probably be saying, with all the problems we have with the uncertainty of trade, it's very important to get uh, the the five-year farm bill approved. And then I remember my first uh, relationship with him. He was one of the first uh, advocates for uh, freedom to farm. And he was chairman of the House Agriculture Committee at that particular time. And I was, of course, in the Senate and at that point maybe didn't have a close working relationship with him like I have since he come to the Senate. And he asked me to be the advocate for freedom to farm uh, in the United States Senate. And we had a close working relationship ever since then. Yep. Pat Roberts worked on eight farm bills and the only lawmaker to chair both the House and Senate Ag Committees. All right, we are talking with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. Your thoughts on this government shutdown? Do you see an end in sight anytime soon? Hey, it, there ought to be an easy end in sight. First of all, let's start with the principle that uh, the United States government is kind of a service organization not meaning that all 320 million Americans today or any time have anything to do with the federal government, but the people that do have something to do with the federal government, uh, the federal government ought to be serving them. So you really shouldn't have a t- shutdown, but we have a shutdown. So then how do you uh, get to a point of, uh, of uh, solving the shutdown. Uh, number one, uh, this uh, this business that now uh, Democrats consider a fence immoral. I don't know how they could consider a fence immoral because I can show you all sorts of speeches that and comments that people have made the necessity for a fence to help with border security. Uh, uh, less than 10 years ago, they voted for 650 miles of fence we already have. So if you were for a fence one time, how come today you aren't for a fence? Is it just because Trump's president of the United States and it's not Obama or George W. Bush? Uh, then, uh, then it ought to be easy to get a compromise on it because the usual way you compromise on the spending of money uh, when one person's at six mil- billion dollars and another one's at 1.6 billion, you kind of cut it in the middle. So what's wrong with uh, green with three billion dollars and sh- and uh, opening up government and still doing what Democrats say years ago that needed to be done? is uh, build a fence and uh, and uh, so we need to improve the fence uh, we need to uh, extend it in some places uh, and uh, and it works according to the uh, border patrol people and then the the other thing is uh, all of us republicans and democrats uh, agree that we ought to do something about daca kids so let's uh, let's uh, do something about DACA at the same time uh, that we can uh, uh, go ahead and build the fence and open up the government. So there's plenty of opportunities for compromise. I don't know why it's such a big deal. Senator, real quick, just a few seconds. What's your top priority to get done here early in the year in the Senate? Well, I'm going to be chairman of the uh, uh, Finance Committee, and number one would be protecting 
the tax bill of uh, last year, where for the first time we gave small farmers and business people a special tax exemption to have equity with uh, with uh, uh, corporations, and number two, to get down the price of uh, pharmaceuticals. All right, Senator, thank you, and we'll be talking again uh, soon. Hopefully the government will be up and fully running, and we also have some trade things to talk about as well. We'll do that next time. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. Thank you. Always good to talk with Iowa Senator Charles Grassley. All right, coming up next, what about the weather as uh, we make our way into January? Last week, uh, DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson said uh, it'll be mild here at the beginning of the month, but then some Arctic cold coming. We'll see if that's still the case or not. That's coming up next here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're gonna go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. You gotta dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To 
find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We're talking over with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Probably the only seed hotter than the weatherman making the calls for the weather would be an NFL kicker. I bet, I bet you, you'd rather be the weather guy, right, Bryce? I'll take that, Mike. Uh, there's, there's definitely uh, not much margin for error when you talk about the other activity. That's for sure. You know what I thought watching wow. that, uh, that kick yesterday when he hit the upright again? I thought, here's what I would advise him. This is what I started doing in golf when I kept hitting trees. Just aim for the tree because I would never hit what I aimed at. So if I actually aimed for the tree, I would miss it. He should have aimed for the upright. Well, there, there's, uh, there, there's a, lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of truth to that. <laughs> and, and the thing is, when I have aimed for a tree, uh, I generally found uh, either the next set of, uh, set of uh, roads. So, you yeah. know, there's that too. But... Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of tension what, going on at this time of year. But what are the odds of hitting it? I mean, if you tried to hit that upright, I don't think you could. But uh, he, he seemed to have a knack for it. All right, let's move on to the weather. You hit those forecasts, and you told us last week that about mid-January, mid to late January, we'd really start seeing some very, very cold temperatures. Is that still on track, that Arctic blast? Is it still coming? Uh, I'll have to say, Mike, that uh, we we are going to probably turn a little bit colder over the next week and a half or so, but it looks like the real uh, push of colder air is going to not hit North America quite as much and instead mm-hmm. be moved over toward uh, toward the European continent. And, uh, you know, that's where the, uh, the focus is going to be. Uh, the uh, scenario that we're looking at right now is a lot more like the month of March across much of the interior of the country. And over not going to get a whole lot of uh, precipitation. We could see, you know, some uh, some uh, action. Uh, we're getting it today uh, with uh, rainfall in the Midwest and some snow in the Great Lakes and some freezing precipitation in uh, kind of the uh, northwestern Midwest and the northeastern plains. But overall, uh, this is not a real uh, wet pattern that we've got to, to look at. And again, the temperature trend is still looking quite mild and. So, uh, you know, we just have to, uh, I think, uh, enjoy it and uh, then figure that uh, there's going to be some word from across the Atlantic about some pretty cold air uh, in Europe. That's the way things uh, appear to be heading at this point. Now, we've kind of had this pattern before where in winter, you know, January into February, it's mild and we get our hopes up for that early spring and we're kind of thinking, wow, we're going to get started early and then all of a sudden winter hits about uh, March or so. Uh, could that be what we're setting up for? It, it certainly could be, and, and that has been, um, you know, a feature that we've seen over the past several years uh, where there's not a just a, a little bit of a winter thaw. It's a, a real prolonged warmer trend. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that, you know, that leads us into is uh, the potential then for when a cold snap hits, it, it really – uh, kind of catches things, uh, you know, out of uh, schedule, and I think that we could uh, be uh, prone to having that happen. Now, that's not a definite forecast for, you know, six to eight weeks down the road, but it certainly could happen. I still am in, in uh, the line of thinking 
that uh, springtime is uh, going to be a, a pretty rushed uh, season this year uh, with the prospect for uh, precipitation and some colder conditions, too. It's uh, going to be a real short uh, window of uh, time to get all the work done that we need to for this crop season. I'm still concerned about that because of how wet it was last fall and the fact that uh, there wasn't uh, very much field work that was able to get done. Talking with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Bryce, uh, in January we don't look as much at that drought monitor map as we do, of course, in spring, summer, and fall. But let's take a look at it right now because it has certainly improved for a lot of areas as we get going here in 2019. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I mean, uh, when you're talking about uh, crop areas, uh, pretty much east of the Rockies, uh, there's hardly any area that is dry. Now, there is a portion of, uh, oh, say, the the northern uh, third of the state of North Dakota where there is some longer-term drought in effect. Uh, Otherwise, it's hard to find anything. There's some local dryness in parts of Texas and a little bit in Oklahoma. Other than that, uh, there's plenty of soil moisture to work with, and the uh, the dry areas have been uh, pretty well focused west of the Rockies. Now, it's interesting, you know, you, you think about that, and uh, last week uh, the, the Weather Prediction Center uh, from NOAA, uh, those folks are still working, uh, put out a notice saying that uh, the year 2018 was a very wet year for the continental U.S., um, I did a little bit of trading notes back uh, back and forth with them, and uh, they they uh, clarified that by saying that it really did make a difference because we had many areas of the north central and into the northeastern parts of the country where the precipitation uh, amounts were uh, a record by a long ways. I mean, by by more than you know ten inches above normal. You know that type of thing. But uh, from the uh, Rockies west, it was very dry, and you had a lot of uh, areas in the southwest and in parts of the interior northwest where uh, the uh, precipitation totals for the year were were very close to a record minimum. So it was a real case of have and have not when you look at the year 2018, you know, as an entire calendar year for that uh, precipitation. There was some, you know, just incredibly wet areas but also some uh, very very dry locations what do you see for the west this year well i think that there's going to be some temporary benefit from uh, the uh, storm systems that we are seeing uh, right now going on but i'm still pretty pessimistic that uh, the uh, river basins and so forth and the water supplies in the west are going to noticeably improve uh, i think before one can uh, you know, make a uh, that uh, there would have to be several months of of uh, precipitation that was uh, truly above normal. They're getting kind of uh, one and uh, one and two uh, round storms uh, in a row, but nothing of any real great uh, consequence. I still think that it's the eastern two thirds of the country where we're going to see the moisture focus this uh, coming calendar year. Well, it's been uh, quite an interesting uh, weather picture in South America with a good start, and then things are kind of changing on them. Where do they stand right now? Well, you know, that's another thing that comes to mind, Mike. Uh, the the uh, circumstances in Brazil are developing in many respects like they did back here in the U.S. 
in the year uh, 2010, you know, going on nine years ago. In that uh, crop year here in the U.S., we had a very favorable start to uh, planting, and things got going great. And then about midsummer, things started to turn off dry and, and on the hot side. And when it was all said and done, yields were actually below the previous year and below trend line. Brazil has seen that this year. The crop season got started off very well, but uh, south central into part of central and northeastern Brazil have now turned quite dry, and this week they're not going to see very much rain. And in, and along with that, temperatures are going to be running about uh, 5 to 10 degrees Fahrenheit above average for the daytime highs. So it is going to be hot and dry in Brazil. And the, the soybean crop size estimates are just continuing to be kind of uh, shaved down, you know, kind of whittled down uh, from you know, from uh, estimating time to estimating time, they're lower this year or this month than they were a month ago, and and uh, you know I think that's going to continue. In Argentina, it's just the opposite. Argentina had a dry year last year. This year, they've had better rainfall. Uh, the heavy rain areas have kind of uh, re- uh, reduced a little bit in their extent, and so at this point, the Argentina crop uh, situation is really looking quite favorable. Yeah, things have really changed there. Yeah, and, they have. Uh, it's been dramatic. Keep a, keep a close watch on that. What about some other key spots around the world? The uh, circumstances in uh, Europe are uh, looking uh, quite good. I do think that they're going to get uh, some cold shots here over the next couple weeks. I don't think it's going to be uh, long enough uh, lasting to cause any real damage to their wheat crop. Uh, the uh, situation in the Black Sea region right now is uh, pretty decent, actually, in uh, Russia and Ukraine. They've got uh, snow cover that is pretty favorable. And uh, South Africa uh, is uh, right in the middle of their crop year. They've got a few showers. Uh, they could stand to get a little more rain in their western uh, areas, but um, right now the eastern part of South Africa is looking pretty favorable. There is a dry area of uh, the world in North Africa, and I, I I know what everybody's thinking when I say North Africa, because that's where the Sahara is, and everybody's thinking, well, it it always is dry in the Sahara Desert. But the northern fringe of Africa is really quite a wheat production area in northern Algeria, northern Morocco, and that part of the world is dry, and uh, the wheat uh, prospects are not looking that great. And this comes to mind because there are some areas of the world, particularly in Egypt and then in the Middle East, that depend on wheat out of uh, that northern Africa fringe. They may have to come to the U.S. a little bit more for their wheat uh, because of that. Yeah, we'll keep a watch on that. Thanks, Bryce. Take care. Talk to you next week. You're very welcome, Mike. Thank you. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. All right, talks underway in Beijing between the U.S. and China. We'll talk about it with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation next on AOA. Did you know you can listen to the latest podcast of Adams on Agriculture or hear the top news and weekend review from the American Ag Network on your Amazon Alexa? Play my flash briefing. Use the Alexa app to search for the podcast you want to play. Search for Adams on Agriculture to learn about the issues affecting agriculture each weekday. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Again. Or you can search for the American Ag Network. This is the American Ag Network Week in Review. I'm Sabrina Hill. Stay up to date on agriculture with the sound of your voice on your Amazon device. If you don't know where to look, it's easy to miss something big. Sometimes the answers to our biggest challenges are found in the most unexpected places. 
The clean energy solutions we need are right in front of us. Always have been. Opportunity is everywhere, if you know where to look. See the world differently. Poet. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. The focus in the markets is on any new developments coming out of the U.S.-China trade negotiations being held in Beijing today and tomorrow. For soybeans in particular, good news or even a deal would be a driver for futures prices. The last time U.S. trade negotiators met in Beijing was back in June, ending in a stalemate. Trade officials are looking to hammer out details on a number of broad pledges recently made by Chinese leadership. For instance, the U.S. wants China to be specific about what it buys by specific dates. In soybean futures, we are beginning this trading week with a positive tone, some four to five cents higher. January soybeans closed out Friday's session and last week with strong gains. The near-term soybean trend swinging back to the bullish camp last week. A strong swing low support level now forming at 867, the low from December 27th. A bullish bean chart target comes in at 928 for January. That'd be the high from December 12th. An hour into the trading day, we're hovering around 914 and a half on that January contract up a nickel. In corn, we're a fraction lower. The March contract closed above its 20-day moving average on Friday. That's a bullish short-term trend signal. That 20-day moving average entering Monday seen at 380 and a quarter. We're at 382 and a quarter, down three quarters of a cent. Fraction lower in Minneapolis spring wheat, one to two and a fraction lower in Chicago and Kansas City. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, Near unchanged in the nearby contracts, feeder cattle 20 to 35 cents higher, lean hog futures 15 to 30 cents lower. On Wall Street, the Dow is down 90 points. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Trade talks between the U.S. and China underway in Beijing. We talk about them with Dave Salmonson, Senior Director of Congressional Relations for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dave, uh, boy, the anticipation, the hopes are ramped up once again. Uh, what should our realistic expectations be? I mean, it seems to me probably not a big announcement of an agreement coming out of this, but if they come out of these talks saying we're going to meet again in Washington and maybe even at a higher level, that would seem to uh, indicate things are on the right track. 
Well, it certainly would, and I think that's the expectation from the meetings this week, laying more of the groundwork for future meetings. Of course, we're expecting, and if the meetings go well this week, a delegation from China to come visit Washington. And there's also talk now potentially of a meeting uh, in Davos, Switzerland, towards the end of January at that big World Economic Forum meeting they have over there of President Trump and some of the Chinese leadership. So depending on how things go this week, all those things could happen or not. So uh, you're, as you said, all eyes on what's, what's going on this week in uh, Beijing. I think it's encouraging that Undersecretary McKinney and Ambassador Dowd are part of the delegation in Beijing this week. I think that's good for agriculture. Well, I think it is also. And certainly agriculture is high on the list of uh, the issues that are going to be discussed this week, that uh, along with intellectual property, energy. So you had a very uh, high-ranking delegation of officials from the Treasury Department, Office of the U.S. Trade Representative, USDA, the Energy Department, the Commerce Department. So those are the kind of people that uh, know the issues, of course, and can engage in good discussions uh, with their Chinese counterparts. So we're hoping they come out of that with uh, some good signals for the future. They're, the pressure, the time pressure only builds. Uh, remember that the increase in the tariffs on the $200 billion of imports from China, that's at 10%, that was scheduled to go to 25% January 1st, was push off, pushed off to March 2nd. That's the end of that 90-day uh, negotiations period. So everybody's working towards the deadline. Yeah, and while that could be changed or extended, of course, right now that's the, uh, the date circled on the calendar. The clock's ticking on that. Yes, it is. Uh, everybody's looking to that. I don't think, of course, China doesn't want to have uh, tariffs increase on that. And, of course, on our side, and especially agriculture, we want to come to an agreement as soon as possible and get China to uh, lift uh, those retaliatory tariffs that are uh, impeding our exports there. So a lot riding on the line for agriculture and a lot of other industries in these talks. We're talking with Dave Salmonson with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Dave, it's often said that no one wins in a trade war, but yet throughout one, everyone's trying to assess, okay, who is under more pressure, who's more likely to blink, uh, who uh, will need to give in first. Of course, both sides will try to make it look like they didn't give in. But it would seem to me damage is being done on both sides. Yeah, I think that, that that's certainly true. The downward price pressure uh, certainly affecting uh, U.S. agriculture, U.S. farmers, and a lot of, of course, people are reacting but just not participating in the market at this time if, if they don't have to. So as we know, an awful lot of product uh, remaining in the bin and not even moving to market where it uh, normally would be. We'd be in great guns and uh, of moving soybeans, especially to China. And while there are some some buys, that uh, nothing compared to what normally would be going on. And on the Chinese side, of course, uh, they've got importers, they've got uh, businesses there that were used to having product from the U.S., and they've been disrupted. Uh, so uh, that's just on the ag front. All the other industrial fronts, things are uh, also happening from the variety of tariffs that both sides have imposed on trade. So a lot of people want to get this over with, want to move on. Hopefully they can get, make some agreement uh, on the tough issues. Or as sometimes happen, at least they can agree to keep talking. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of outcomes we get. What about Japan? What's scheduled to come up uh, with talks with them and when? Yeah, those talks uh, could begin uh, later in January, around the 20th. Uh, that's the first day they could formally begin after all the required notifications to Congress. Uh, 
On December 21st, the administration put out a list of negotiating objectives for uh, our side for talking with the Japanese. And for agriculture, it looked to have a comprehensive approach to uh, reduce or eliminate tariffs, non-tariff barriers, you know, improve ag trade with uh, Japan. Of course, in a statement that was issued back in September that uh, both President Trump and Prime Minister Abe uh, agreed to, uh, basically Japan said they'd be willing to go and you know, negotiate with the U.S. on the basis of what was in the TPP, which for U.S. agriculture was uh, very strongly supported at the time. Uh, big decreases in tariffs on things such as beef and pork and a lot of other products. So I think that'll be the basis for negotiations, of course, as a couple years have gone by. There's other things that have come up, but... Um, you know, we'd like to think that once those negotiations got started, they could move along pretty briskly. Uh, again, we had entered into a trade agreement with Japan when we were in TPP, and I think a lot of the same issues are there. Compounded a little bit this time, of course, because we have those steel import tariffs on Japan and all the talk about auto tariffs. So um, some of the basis is still the same, but other issues have come along. You mentioned the tariffs, and we're not hearing as much about them right now with the other things going on in the news, but that's still a big a big issue uh, on a number of fronts. Well, of course, uh, the first place we start with the tariffs, of course, is with uh, Canada and Mexico. Uh, you know, that didn't get uh, taken care of with the uh, U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, and that's certainly something everybody wants to uh, see that dealt with, get rid of those tariffs on uh, both sides before we can move ahead. And, of course, as we were talking about with China. But Japan also, we have tariffs on them, and uh, they don't want to have any more new tariffs. They want to get rid of the ones they have on them. So that's a, uh, a big issue that uh, seems to be affecting relations with all of our uh, large uh, ag trading partners these days. What do you make of the uh, talks between the U.S. and the E.U.? Well, those also could begin uh, later in January um, or maybe early February. They are moving as I think as we'd expect. There was a there's an approach to try and get the scope, as they're calling it. What is this going to be about? The EU, when they started off and going to their own domestic problems, said, "Well, we don't want to deal with the ag issues." And of course, in the U.S. side, the administration, agriculture, Congress has said, "No." No comprehensive trade negotiation with the European Union unless we include agriculture. We have to. So there's that back and forth. I know they're trying to work on the, you know, how many issues are they going to talk about? What is, you know, how are they going to deal with a lot of the underlying and long-term regulatory issues, whether ag issues, auto issues, chemicals, other industries. So you know, there's not a lot new uh, here. We're such a big traders and investors with the European Union. A lot of history there. But I think, um, you know, they, uh, they get down to work. Uh, this one will take a while. You know, when the whole Brexit issue came up, there was uh, a lot of talk that, wow, get the, the U.K. out of the E.U. and we'll just get a deal done with the U.K. We've seen Brexit drag on and on. What, what are the chances of something like that eventually happening, though? Well, there would be. It all depends, again, on how they come out of the uh, European Union, how Britain deals with that. If they stay within what's called the customs union, so that they're going to be obligated to follow, continue with the same standards they've always had with the EU, that certainly makes it difficult to have meaningful discussions about uh, changing their standards on beef, pork, and uh, poultry uh, exports that we would want to make to Britain. Um, so there's a lot there. It depends on how they're coming out of it. 
and they're going through you know daily politics uh, within Britain on this issue. So that's what we have to watch very closely. If they have the ability to negotiate, uh, I think we'd all be very interested in seeing what we can do with Great Britain. Meanwhile, it all comes down to back to China. That's kind of it seems like to be the uh, front burner issue here. Um, you know, when we when we look at these talks with China, as we said, we try not to build them up too much, but they are certainly critically important. Uh, we look at it from the ag standpoint, like soybean sales, but we keep uh, have to remind ourselves what really started all this was issues like intellectual property and things like that. And have you heard anything along the lines of whether any progress has been made on that? Well, I think, again, those are uh, the top issues, and they're long-term issues. What can China do on intellectual property if they wanted to? Well, they could. They said they have discussions about not having our uh, companies that have a Chinese partner that's called forced technology transfer. They've made some indication that that policy has some room to be talked about, and that's one of the major complaints of U.S. companies uh, doing that. And then there's that whole Made in China 2025, their whole industrial policy, um, pushing them towards advanced manufacturing, robotics, all of that. And that's certainly something that the Trump administration has taken a uh, an eye against and seeing what they're doing that because, of course, that a lot of that does deal with uh, advanced technology. So these are the kind of things that, uh, you know, at least in the process of negotiation with hearing, there's room for discussion, uh, how far they'll get in the short time period we have before March 2nd, or does it set the stage for future talks? Uh, that's probably where you'd expect it to um to end out, that there'd be more discussions on these big overall issues, but we're certainly hoping that in the near term they can open up some of our usual trade channels, especially for agriculture. Seems like we've been saying this for a long time. Uh, you know, these things take time, and yeah. there's a lot of potential out there, but uh, a lot of that potential hasn't happened yet on a lot of these fronts. Hopefully it will very, very soon. Dave, as always, thank you, and we'll see you next week in New Orleans at the AFBF annual meeting. See you down there. Yep, looking forward to it. Thanks, Dave. Dave Salmonson, Senior Director of Congressional Relations. Yes, I'll be in New Orleans uh, broadcasting both Monday and Tuesday of next week from the AFBF annual meeting and certainly all these issues that we're talking about be front and center in their discussions debates and delegate action there at the afbf meeting next week coming up next we'll talk about all these stories and get some perspective from someone who covers them very very closely sarah wyant with agripulse communications will join us next we'll talk government shutdown and we'll talk trade and all these issues get her thoughts and what she's hearing from her sources that's coming up next here on aoa Adams on agriculture. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that has and sat in your lap in months and even more stuff but still no jobs well you really have both see stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group sometimes this stuff is no longer needed wait no longer needed that can't be right because remember those jobs you were looking for those are really needed and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to phoenix our job is to unlock those jobs and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local goodwill here's how we do it when you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What, did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and N Family Fire. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit? Low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, 
Your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And we welcome Sarah Wyant, editor and publisher of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, good to talk with you again. Uh, what are you hearing on the government shutdown? Any end in sight? Well, good morning, Mike. And no, there is no end in sight, although there were continued meetings over the weekend. And as far as we can tell, there were some additional offers made in terms of now it's not going to be a concrete wall, it's going to be a steel wall. And the administration apparently offered some things that would help with unaccompanied migrant children arriving at the border and address some humanitarian needs, as you may have seen from some of the folks that are uh, getting stacked up there as they try to pass their children across the border and get into our country. So, um, But it doesn't sound like there was any real progress made despite some additional overtures by the White House. And so, yeah, we're into the third week, and farmers and ranchers are starting to feel the pinch as well. So it's, uh, it's becoming more and more problematic, not just a beltway problem, but a problem for folks who aren't getting their market facilitation program payments, folks who are wondering about whether the farm bill is going to be implemented in time, and, of course, those who are dependent on food stamps are hoping that there's enough reserves at USDA that those nutrition uh, or those food payments can keep coming for the SNAP program. Yeah, we were reminded again during the Farm Bill debate that the majority of the Farm Bill, 80% or so, goes to those nutrition programs. So a lot of people are going to be impacted uh, by the shutdown through that uh, nutrition program, food stamps, things like that, if it's not resolved soon. That's right. So, you know, apparently there are some reserves that the department can use, but, you know, there's only so many different ways you can move money around and still do it and stay within the intent, the letter and intent of the law. Uh, We've got the National Park Services who are uh, being inundated still with visitors and uh, trash piling up. Uh, You've got a lot of different agencies that are being impacted by the shutdown. So, um, yeah, we're just going to stay tuned and hopefully let folks know as soon as there seems to be some clearance on that front. Yeah, that's the big story. The other big story, talks with China going on in Beijing. A lot of hope there. Absolutely, and I have to say that we've got two really good negotiators in um, Ambassador Greg Dowd and Undersecretary Ted McKinney who are meeting, uh, trying to outline what is doable with the Chinese officials. And I think this is a really good first step during this 90-day truce that they've announced. Uh, Hopefully they'll make enough progress that they can come back and say that there is a pathway to ending the trade war or at least eliminating some of the the tariffs and starting our products like our soybeans moving overseas again into some Chinese markets and 
and eliminating those barriers that have been erected. So um, we're, I, I think, always hopeful in agriculture, right, because we're uh, kind of born optimists. But uh, this is a, a good move, and I think it's indicative that the, the Chinese are looking for some wins as well. So uh, if they can come out of that with uh, at least a framework to move forward, I think it would be really good. You know, I keep saying this because uh, I think we need to remind ourselves, uh, a deal with China doesn't fix all the problems for agriculture right now, but it would be a, a big help. It would uh, not only just get it done, but the psychological side of it would be big, too, uh, something, uh, a boost that the ag really needs here in 2019. Well, absolutely. I think you've probably seen that this morning the American Soybean Association is encouraging their members to start tweeting and going on social media with the uh, hashtag 185 days still need trade and rescind the tariffs, uh, trying to highlight the fact that it's been six months since China retaliated against uh, uh, President Trump on $34 billion, or his move uh, on, on $34 billion of Chinese goods. Of course, it's escalated since then. So, And obviously, USDA and USTR, they've been working furiously to open other markets, but this is a big one, and it, it's hard to ignore that and it's, it's very, very difficult to replace. So we need to be able to get back into China as well as continue to expand in other markets. Talk about difficult to replace. The announcement last week by Pat Roberts that he will not seek re-election. Uh, hard to measure uh, just how much of an influence and how big of an impact he has had on ag policy over the years. It really is. He's definitely a legend and, and one of those people that has uh, been so instrumental in shaping farm policy from the Freedom of the Farm days uh, back in the early 90s to, you know, his time as uh, chair of the House Ag Committee and now as the chairman of the Senate Ag Committee and passing another farm bill that even he, he will note that it's more evolutionary than revolutionary. But um, he, he's just been an incredible champion for U.S. agriculture, and we certainly uh, wanted to congratulate him and wish him the very best. And I have to say, he uh, he seemed in pretty good spirits last week after that announcement. Uh, I was tied up in some things, and I had a couple of voicemails from him before I talked to him. And uh, he does some pretty good impersonations of some famous actors. Uh, <laughs> so He's... it was uh, something that I'll cherish forever uh, to just hear from him. And, and, and certainly a guy who has uh, always been accessible to the press and, and been yeah. very, very open about how he wants to uh, reach out to farmers before he does anything on the policy side and see what could be accomplished in a, in a bipartisan manner. So a man who has uh, a couple years left, and, and I don't think he's going to rest on his laurels, Mike. I think he's going to be very active and, and engaged in making sure this new fire bill does get implemented correctly. Yeah, he has been very accessible and, and a funny, humorous man, a down-to-earth man. Uh, uh, boy, that'll be missed, just being able to talk issues with him on uh, you know the way he approached them. And I think as this year progresses, and I what looks to be a real struggle with getting anything done even more than it has been in the past in Congress and the differences with the White House. Looking back on 2018, getting that farm bill done and passed, uh, I think it's going to get even bigger in significance as we look back on it. Oh, I do, too. And the incredible vote margin that he had on that, um, 
but you know, it, it took a lot of work and it took a lot of uh, focus on a bipartisan solution. Mm-hmm. He knew what he needed in the Senate to get it done, and um, that wasn't always popular with some of his friends in the, in the House, but uh, he certainly uh, drove that along with uh, Senator De- Debbie Stabenow. And, yep. and so amidst all the controversy and all the hyper-partisanship in Congress, uh, we got a farm bill, so that's a pretty major accomplishment. All right, Sarah, see you next week in New Orleans at AFBF. That's right. Looking forward to the meeting circuit has begun. All right, see you then. Thanks for joining us. Sarah Wyant with AgriPulse. Have a good day, everyone. Thanks for joining us on AOA. Did you know you can listen to the latest podcast of Adams on Agriculture or hear the top news and weekend review from the American Ag Network on your Amazon Alexa? Play my flash briefing. Use the Alexa app to search for the podcast you want to play. Search for Adams on Agriculture to learn about the issues affecting agriculture each weekday. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Again. Or you can search for the American Ag Network. This is the American Ag Network Week in Review. I'm Sabrina Hill. Stay up to date on agriculture with the sound of your voice on your Amazon device. What does Meals on Wheels do? They deliver meals and smiles to homebound seniors. But Meals on Wheels does something else. They turn a volunteer's lunch break into a meaningful experience. As small and as simple as the relationship is between a volunteer and a client of Meals on Wheels, it's really so impactful. I never thought that five minutes could make so much difference in the lives of two people, but it has. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at americaletsdolunch.org. That's americaletsdolunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing, Manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. The call and the information are free. Call 1-800-213-4556. That's 1-800-213-4556. Again, 1-800-213-4556. 